0: You're listening to the Bill Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Midco SN is proud to follow University of North Dakota athletics at home and on the road to exotic places like Kalamazoo and Thibodeau. All that coverage is coming up on Midco SN's social media platforms. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. That's North Dakota Athletics on Midco SN. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Chase Podcast, episode 53 by my count. Bill taping this on a Monday morning, November the 25th, post-selection Sunday in the FCS. Things are happening around the athletics program. It was a busy weekend, of course, a lot of games to take place, a lot of big events. How are you on this Monday morning, Bill?
1: Yeah, excited, for sure. Uh, you know, whenever there's a selection show... And you're you're kind of one of those bubble teams. You're just hoping your resume stacks up. And I, I thought our resume did stack up, and I was uh, you know um, excited to see that uh, we were the first one on the screen. That's always uh, that's always fun. So uh, you don't have to wait through the whole show. And uh, uh, but uh, definitely um, something that I think our team earned, and uh, excited for for them and uh, the opportunity to play in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, we'll talk a lot about that selection process here in a moment. Uh, the football team, of course, won the game on Saturday against Southern Utah that gave them the opportunity to have their name called. Uh, great senior day. Good festivities for the guys. It was cool to see it, as always. Need to see the families out there. 18 seniors recognized uh, and then and then they went out there and got the job done against a, a T Birds team that looked like they wanted to make a game of it early. And in the second half, North Dakota put those doubts to rest.
1: Yeah, I think uh, every sport um, it's a kind of a uh, tough. Day When you have senior day, because there's certainly a lot of emotions and for a lot of our, uh, our families and our, our, our student athletes, sometimes it's been a five year journey and, uh, and, and definitely it can be emotional and it's sometimes it's tough maybe even to start the game a little bit. So, uh, so I thought, you know, we played, uh, you know, we played very well in the second half. Uh, didn't turn it over. I, I thought if we didn't turn it over in the first half and give uh, Southern Utah short fields, it, you know, maybe we would have gotten to that place sooner. But uh, that's part of the game. And uh, got to give credit to Southern Utah. They took advantage of those opportunities and, uh, and punched in scores.
0: Yeah, three first half turnovers made it a little tighter than it could have been. It was 15-7 at one point, Southern Utah up. But uh, like you said, good, good response, I think, to that second turnover and the second touchdown. UND goes right down the field and scores to make it 15-14. And then right at the end of the half, too, that big sequence of, you know, Nate throws an interception, but then Evan Holm gets one right back. And then they drive down the field, kick the field goal. So you go into halftime ahead. And even though the third quarter was still back and forth, there was only a two-point game still in the third, midway through or so. It felt like that exchange at the end of the half where Southern Utah could have gone up by more and instead we take points off the board and then add some for ourselves. That kind of swung the game a little bit and really put things in North Dakota's favor.
1: No doubt about it, Alex. I I thought that... You know, you never know when the big plays are going to occur, but that game was in the balance at that point. And for us to uh, to make that big play by Evan was was critical. And then uh, then, yeah, I think I think we kind of got to halftime after the field goal and we sort of adjusted some things. And probably what was said is 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 let's let's secure the ball a bit. And uh, if we do do that, um, I think, you know, we, we I like our chances in the next 30
0: minutes. And that's what happened. And that is what happened. Yeah, a couple of big, impressive touchdown runs from Luke Skokner. The freshman goes over 100 yards for the first time in his career in a single game. 36-18 is the final. North Dakota picks up their seventh win of the campaign. You could see afterwards, of course, in the locker room, like seeing Bubba after the game, Danny Freund even leaving the coach's box was screams out the window <laughs> we're going to the playoffs and as he's walking down the steps which is right behind our broadcast booth he's looking at me and Kosowski and pointing yeah we we did it we did it you know you could see they they felt like they had done enough there was a lot of exuberance and excitement but when you watch the video that the team recorded uh, in, in the coach's room the following day at the selection show you know there's still there still was um maybe there was pause like you hadn't officially gotten in yet, and you had to wait and sweat it out a little bit. and it, I, as you mentioned a moment ago, just to be the first at large team to get plucked off the board, that had to be nice. There was no drama. It was really right away in the show. Boom, you know, you're playing nickel State. you know where it's at.
1: Yeah, I, I thought the way, you know, I, obviously you had to win the game. and then going into uh, going into the actual uh, day itself, I kind of felt like um, I felt good about our chances if we won the game. But I think what happened around the country helped us a little bit. There was a yeah. few a few teams that lost helped, and I think Montana State's uh, big win against Montana helped us tremendously. And I think I think I'm correct with this is that uh, we would have been the if we were left out, we would have been the only team that beat a seed. And it and was left out. And so I just thought that, you know, th- those two items probably helped us tremendously. And so, yeah, I, and then, and then from there, you're right. Then you're watching the selection show and uh, yeah, probably better that you're the first one off the board. So you don't have to wait through the whole show. So that was good. And then it was interesting, you know, then, then it was, where are we going to play the game? Yeah. is it is it on the road or is that a home and because i thought we put in a pretty competitive bid and uh you know um, but it basically comes down to uh, a, a financial bid as far as what you put in and what your opponent puts in and generally speaking um, all other things being equal so to speak facility issues and those types of things it's going to come down to a dollars and cents issue
0: in the end apparently Nickel state just had a little more bank that they were willing to provide and that ended up swaying it because that i think one other thing too before we talk even specifically about the home and home situation the fact that we're playing a team from louisiana why is that the pairing because i know the fcs selection committee always talks about regionalization and how that's so important
1: so let's let's get into let's get into the bracketing and then we'll get into the bid please do so the bracketing again 24 teams are selected going in the committee knows that there's 10 automatics. So really what they're doing is selecting 14 at-larges, the 14 teams they think are the 14, I guess best teams resumes that earned the opportunity to be in this uh, particular field. So once you get the 24 and then you seed one through eight Now you start looking ahead and going, who's going to play who potentially after the first round? Well, so, so, so that's one aspect of it, but now they're going to go to the first round and they're going to say, all right, here's, here's all these teams, two things they're going to look at. Are you within 400 miles? That's number one. And have you played each other yet? Number two, if, If you're, if you have not played each other and you're within 400 miles, you're going to get paired up. So what ended up happening, there were five of those situations that leaves six teams on the board or three games. So it's us, Nichols, Southeast Louisiana, Villanova, Northern Iowa, and San Diego. And so then you know that whomever is the visiting team is going to have to step foot on a plane. You know that already. Mm-hmm. So then the question becomes, what ends up happening if one of those two teams win? So now if we win this weekend, hypothetically, where do we go?
0: Your little bus trip back down to Fargo. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's kind of the thought process mm-hmm. as to how it goes. Because those are the principles that the committee has to work within. So it's not, a, it, it's not they are not working in a complete blank slate. They've got to work through how can they minimize, I would say, expenses, and that is buses are far cheaper than planes. So that's how we arrived where we are.
0: That's well explained because I think when people look at this initially, and especially when they see, you know, Cielo's in there, and it's like, well, why aren't Nickel State and Cielo just playing because they're both Louisiana schools? But well, because they already played each other, and you can't do that. And even you and I, I think, pops in there. Like, well, northern Iowa, that's much closer than Louisiana. But like you said, it's still, it's still a plane ride, or it would be a very long bus trip. And and the next and the next round, you and I's playing South Dakota State. Yep. And so that's all those things make sense when you do kind of talk through all that situation. I think maybe the biggest thing though is why are they not playing South Dakota State? How is South Dakota State seated? I think that's maybe the most pressing question after South Dakota State lost to USD on Saturday. It was surprising, I guess. That to me was a bit a bit surprising that they still made it into the top eight.
1: Well, I think you were going to be, I'll call this, surprised in a sense. The way it all played itself out, there was probably going to be a seeded team that you were going to say, well you need eight seeded teams. I guess maybe the other one would have, maybe you would have debated and said Northern Iowa. Well, two weeks ago, South Dakota state did a pretty good job against Northern Iowa. So I I would say it probably came down to that. And so, you know, again, some, some years are, are easier to say here are the top eight. And then a lot of times you might say the difference between six, seven, eight, and nine is not that much, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you what, there's a big difference between being a seed and not being a seed. (laughs)
0: Yes, there is. There's a <laughs>
1: huge difference. And so that's where the, you know, the, the, I would say the subjectivity comes in and why it's so critically important that the committee, I guess, uh, you know, uh, that the committee's decisions are uber important because there's a big difference. As we like to say in the NFL too, if you don't play the first weekend, you can't lose, Yeah. you know, and then, then further you're a seed and you know, you're at home. So you get the bye week and you're at home. So, all that to be said. Uh, here's what I would say: Obviously, they thought very highly of South Dakota State going into this weekend, mm-hmm. and then the way the way it played itself out, um, maybe they would have been out if others had won games.
0: That's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. You know, I, I would say this. You know, you can always look back now and just, you know, start rearranging wins and losses. If if everything stayed the same and we find a way to beat Weber at Weber, I'm not so sure we're not a seed.
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy?
1: I, I mean, I think that's the way it would have gone yeah. because, that you know, now you would have beaten two seeds. And chances are you might be, the you know, number eight yourself. So kind of interesting. I, so I'm saying you got to play to the end, play to the final week, and then you sort it all out.
0: And that's where we've landed. 24 teams ready to go. It all starts this Saturday. Again, UND's game against Nichols down in beautiful Thibodeau, Louisiana, down in the bayou, Bill. Uh, That's coming up at 3 o'clock Central Time. It'll be on ESPN 3. One more thing about the bracket, Bill. When you look at how the committee... Separated things again, four big sky teams were seated. they've split them up on opposite sides of the bracket. Same thing with the valley with you know SDSU, U and I on one side, NDSU on the other. Do you like how there is there's a regional aspect of it, but it's also not just going to be here are the valley schools playing in one semifinal, here are the big sky school or, or the CAA schools or whatever. They seem to have spread things out maybe a little bit more than we've seen in recent years
1: yeah and and I think uh, you know each year's its own, Alex, as far as uh, whether the committee can do that. and I think us making the the field provided opportunity to put South Dakota State on the other side. And so really, honestly, South Dakota State should be sending us a, a nice thanksgiving uh, uh, you know gift here this week because I think that's partially what's transpired. i I do think you know i you know, maybe for another pod. I, we can go into what what I would like to see with this tournament, because I do think there's some structural changes that that if if we're open to them, I think there's some things that that could be done. But right now, the way the principles are, it's really a regionally based tournament that crowns a national champion. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. And you know, I, I mean, if you're going to have four hundred mile, I'll call it um principle in place, there's gonna be a lot of regionality on a on a yearly basis.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's the direction that we're probably headed in this year, but we'll see. You know, upsets happen and different things shake up and it's gonna be a fun tournament. Let's just say that. We're excited to be a part of it. Certainly. Again, UND, their second trip to the tournament in the last four years. Just get the job done now. Now it's every week is its own week. Go beat Nichols. Go beat the Colonels. That's the plan.
1: That's right. <laughs> so so can we talk about home and away?
0: Yes, please. Let's do it.
1: So home and away. So once so once all the bracket is put together, just the way everyone's looking at it right now, then the bids that were submitted the Monday prior to the selection show. So last Monday, we're we're recording on a Monday right now, so literally a week ago, is now now you open up the bids and in primarily it's financial consideration as to whether you're at home or not. So needless to say, Nickel State bid more than us now the guarantee for the first round that you've got a guarantee to the NCA is thirty thousand dollars and so we submitted a bid that was two and a half times that and so at the end of the day uh, obviously Nichols had two and a half times times the bid and probably at least a dollar and so at, at that point that's the reason why we are headed on a plane to Louisiana, as opposed to coming to the Alara Center. Futuristically, what does that mean? You know, we have to think through. Um, you know, what kind of bids potentially we want to put together to host that first weekend. Now, there's a financial, uh, you know, uh, reality to all this. You know, what can we potentially afford? And you know what? What are some of the things that we maybe can do as a community to think through if we're ever in these positions again to try to do our absolute best to to get that home game but ultimately it does come down to some dollars and cents and we've got to be thoughtful about what i guess i'll say this that we can afford and um and i think that's only fair uh you know uh it there's there's a fair piece to that side of it but then we also want to give our team the best chance possible too so you're trying to again thread that needle if you will
0: so just Just to clarify a couple of things now, when you're talking about a guarantee, that means money that the NCAA is going to get from the university for hosting this game. And then obviously, whatever the university makes from the gate, from whatever else, all the other ancillary things that come along with hosting a football game, that kind of has to, you know, from a university perspective, not balance out, but at least you have to try and get yourself into a position where you're not losing, you know, $100,000 on a football game. Like all those sorts of things have to come in play here. And And that's why you settle on what you did
1: yeah, at the end of the day, if you didn't sell a ticket, if there was something that you know really happened and you in you had no fans at the game, the NCAA is going to get a minimum amount, regardless, no matter what the revenue stream coming in. So you're it, the home team's on the hook. And, you know, the other piece that, you know, we have to kind of work through is the fact that we do rent our facility as well. And so there's a piece to that puzzle as well. So, so all this to be said, it's really good that these conversations can be had moving forward. So the expectation for us as a program is to be one of the top 24 teams on an annual basis. Give yourself a chance to be in this field. If you're not in the field, you can't win it and then ultimately try to be a seed in the field i mean and get home games and so that's kind of how you want to go about it but you know this gives us some really good opportunity to have conversations uh off season with uh i, w- I would say players around grand forks to make sure that we can provide the best situation for the Alara center for and our, for our partners uh in the city of uh, grand forks
0: yeah it is Obviously, a bit of a bummer that you got to go on the road. You had such a good season at home. 6-0, of course, in the Alaris Center. And now it's a not, not a short trip to go down to Louisiana. And uh, I looked up the weather conditions. 80 and humid, not surprisingly, on Saturday. A little different from what uh, things have been up here, but such is life. Go make it happen. And have you been to, by the way, have you been to Thibodeau before? Have you been to Nickel State?
1: No, I haven't. Uh, So this will be certainly my first trip there. But uh, yeah, almost a little similar to probably weather-wise that we experienced in Huntsville, Texas last year. So I I think our team recalls, remembers that whole situation. So, you know, it's good that we probably had that experience. But last thing I'll say about the bid, and I know I'm pounding this home, but I I do believe it's good for folks to kind of understand, I guess, from a transparency standpoint, where we are is – My counterpart at Nichols is on the football selection committee, and that doesn't mean that he knew anything more or less than I did. I mean, they just submit a bid like everybody else, but there is a differential between being on the committee and not being on the committee because you get to see, I think, around the country what it is each program is submitting, and you have that reservoir of information at at your disposal historically, because each year he doesn't know that they're or he's playing North Dakota. There's no idea, yeah. and and ultimately, so if you took the sixteen schools, Alex, all submitted bids, there's a chance, and I'm not saying this is the case because I don't have that information. There's a chance that Nichols was the best bid in the out of the sixteen, and we were the second best bid. Mm-hmm. There's a, there could be, and and we but we just got paired up for other reasons, and we're on the road versus not. Uh, I'm going to guess, and I don't know this. I, I don't know this information. We don't get this information, and that's something I've got to kind of grind through. I, I would love to know where we ranked in the 16. I, I, I would think, given historically what I've read before on who bids what in this round, I, I would think our bid was in the upper quartile. Uh, uh, you know, top quartile, but I could be wrong because I don't yeah. know that information. But uh, so, anyways, I, I know I've gotten a lot of that infra, uh, that that questioning, and there's some some things I just don't know because I'm not on the committee.
0: I think that's well explained. I think, and that makes sense. And I think from anybody's perspective, when you have a minimum of thirty thousand and you bid seventy five thousand, and and it's still not quite enough, it does make you wonder. Well, what are, what are these other schools bidding, and where how does this kind of fall in line? But it's good that you know that. It's good that you're in the field. It's good that this is happening. And it's exciting that another game is going to take place for these guys. And if, if it is a win, the next one's going to be close to home. Obviously, against kind of a difficult opponent, but it's exciting that the path is at least now set.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and I think everyone that of the 125 schools that are in FCS and want to play in this tournament, you know, the best case scenario is kind of going into that last week of the season, having a a feeling that if you win it, you're going to be a seed. And if you are, then bids don't matter so much. You just have to make sure you bid the minimum and and make sure you do that. And then you're going to host the game. So, uh, so anyways, I, I know it's a little bit, uh, I, maybe there's a lot here to, to sort of digest, but I just wanted to make sure that, you know, this is actually the landscape. That's exactly what transpires. And, you know, I, I won't know, uh, exactly, you know, how much we uh, say, quote unquote, we lost by, but I'll do my due diligence at some stage of the game and, and try to figure out how should I say, how can we get better?
0: Hmm. Because that's what we need to do. We need to get better. That's good to hear. Do
1: Administratively. Mm. Administratively, not necessarily on the field. I need to do better.
0: Bill's gonna put on his Sherlock Holmes deer stalker hat and do some detective work in the next couple of months and try and get to the bottom of this. Go talk to your counterpart in Nichols this weekend. It could be a great opportunity. Go have a cup of coffee and chats and kind of see what uh, what information you can glean. Could be a they're they're all
1: great. Uh, all the folks that have been uh, on it, it, you know, what they'll tell you is, hey. Uh, we've seen probably bids maybe north of a hundred, and maybe as little as you know thirty thousand and one dollar. So, and it just matters who you get paired up against.
0: It stinks. The colonels have deep pockets. It's all that. It's all that Kentucky Fried Chicken money that they're just funneling in. I
1: Colonels have done a nice job the last couple of years. They've been uh, uh, they've been in the field the last few years. Uh, uh, played South Dakota a couple of years ago uh, and South Dakota went down with Chris Strebler and won that game, and then uh, played San Diego in the first round and beat him last year, and then went to Eastern Washington and lost. Uh, and Eastern was on its way to Frisco uh, during that run. So uh, Nichols is going to be an experienced team that uh, once you have some playoff experience, and I know you know some of our guys have some playoff experience but not all that's why i think making the field is so critically important because you either have the experience or you don't it's one or the other right i mean it's like and and so for now this group uh it's incredibly important to uh to to feel this type of playoff atmosphere and uh it's going to be exciting
0: yeah it should be good uh nickel state the two-time defending Southland champions right now. One thing that's unique, though, they lost earlier this season to Sam Houston State. So there's a little familiarity with North Dakota, at least playing against a team that is like this. They have a very good dual-threat quarterback in Chase Forkod, who was the player of the year in that conference last year. They have a guy that has over 10 sacks on the campaign and like 19 tackles for loss. They got a good running back. There's, they're a talented team. It'll be a good test, certainly, but a test that North Dakota can pass.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think we've, we've gotten to a point in the season... That um, we feel good about who we are, and obviously with that that game at Cal Poly, which was a big one for us to 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 win that one on the road, uh, and then play as well as we did at Weber, uh, I thought was was excellent and so yeah we'll go down and it'll be one of those all it will be the cliche game right uh, alex j- just us, don't put the ball on the turf all that kind of stuff and uh you know it should be uh two quality teams uh um playing and uh i know both of them will be excited
0: yeah i agree so again three o'clock saturday central time espn three und nickel states in the first round of the fcs playoffs and the winner gets the uh they get the bison the following week so enjoy look at look ready for that also this weekend's pretty big weekend on the ice as well. North Dakota coming in after a big series win over Denver. Took on St. Cloud State, final home series of the first half. And two very hard-fought games. I mean, these weren't slam dunks by any stretch. And even though St. Cloud State was struggling a bit coming in, you knew they were going to play hard. Two-time defending Penrose Cup champs. And North Dakota, again, just got the job done. 4-2 to on Friday night. Uh, 2-1, to excuse me, in overtime on Saturday. Once again... 6 points out of 6. They keep rolling this North Dakota hockey team and Brad Berry picks up win number 100. It's all around pretty good weekends.
1: Congratulations to coach Barry. uh, you know, obviously he's uh he's done a marvelous job here and to get 100 that quick uh is 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 special. Uh yeah, the the games took on an interesting flavor uh, or flow. Uh, you know, it just was uh it was just interesting. They 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 did a nice job. They blocked a lot of shots, and uh, you know I I just thought it was one of those uh almost um. I don't want to say playoff type games, but it was just seemed like a you had to be you had to make sure you didn't make a mistake because it felt like a mistake might lose the game. And uh, and uh, what a great great way to cap the weekend! I know we used just about all of overtime, but uh, but Gucci found a way to uh, uh, take a pass from uh, Matt Kirstead, which was a great play, and uh, found the back of the net. And uh, the Ralph went home
0: happy. Yeah, Jordan, Yawaguchi, That kid has made more. It's his third walk off. Game winning goal. Because you have game winning goals, you know, where hey, it's six to one and you just happen to score the second goal in the game and that's a game winner. And then there are true like walk-off game winners where you send, as you said, send the crowd home happy. Get the guys jumping on top of you. The guy just finds a way to score these big goals and he's having a great year, as is the rest of this team. And I know right now at the time of potting the polls haven't come out yet, but you and gonna just continue rising. It's exciting going into the series against Minnesota now. The
1: one thing I've been impressed about this team is they're pretty measured. Um You know, I think they're taking, uh, you know, each series as it comes, knowing that each one of them is going to have a different challenge to them. And uh, we're finding a way to get results. And, uh, you know, this weekend, or I should say Thursday, Friday, will be no different. Uh, You know, it'll be it'll be a challenge on the road. Uh, Minnesota very talented and uh, they're uh, you know you just don't know how that's gonna play out when kind of a border rival comes in so uh, it's just it, it'll again it'll there'll be a lot for us uh, in front of us uh, this weekend but uh, should be exciting
0: yeah the gophers under 500 on the campaign but coming off a win and a tie against Wisconsin and like you said like all these things you can throw the records out when North Dakota and Minnesota get together this will be fun
1: no, no doubt about it. Obviously, it was, a, it was a good game in Vegas last year. And so uh, kind of a renewal of this rivalry that's going to be for the next four years back and forth between uh, going down to the Twin Cities and Grand Forks.
0: Can you remind people again, Bill, why this game is being played or at least game one is being played on Thanksgiving? Why it's a Thursday, Friday this this weekend instead of a Friday, Saturday?
1: Yeah, so uh, Minnesota's hosting Wisconsin in football on Saturday. And I think there was uh, a thought process that, you know, obviously we knew it was going to be a big game, Minnesota-Wisconsin. But I think even Minnesota had a little feel that this one's going to take on a different flavor. And I think it is, to tell you the truth. Uh, I could be
0: wrong. Is game day coming there? Yes, college game day is going to be there.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, probably a good move that we're playing Thursday, Friday, and get out of Dodge. (laughs) And uh, so we had conversations with Minnesota back in the summer, and we kind of went back and forth a little bit. And I think they initially had wanted uh, the thought process of playing Friday, Sunday. And uh, that would have been challenging for a lot of different reasons, but really where it was most challenging – is we are on the road to Western Michigan the following week. And if we were at home or didn't even play at all the next weekend, I think that would have been a, a thought process. But we kind of came back and said, gee, what about Thursday, Friday? And for them, I, I, if I were them, I'd be excited about that for a variety of reasons. One, you get that big series out of the way before you've got the football on that Saturday. And I bet you – I bet you they're excited that that's happened at this point in time. I could be wrong, but I bet you they're excited that, that they made that choice.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. It's it makes it especially to the fact that the game is on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving night, UND, Minnesota, there's something special about that. And then you followed up with the Black Friday tilt. I you know, obviously it's uh, holidays are, are different and complicated and people have different stuff going on. But if you want something fun, you know, to do with your family or hey, here's here's appointment television on Thanksgiving night. If you don't want to watch whatever horrible NFL game, this is the Saints, Saints-Falcons, I think, is the evening game, I think, that night. I could be wrong about that. I think
1: we start with the Bears and Lions. Bears-Lions is early. Sorry yeah. for Mitch Wigness and, uh, and Tyler <laughs> O'Hara and the crew, but holy cow. Um, yeah, can't imagine that's going to be appointment TV for me.
0: No, and I think the Cowboys... I don't know who the Cowboys are playing. Cowboys are playing in the afternoon. Bills, Bills, Cowboys. Oh, there you go. That could actually be kind of could be halfway. It'd be east. kind
1: of fun, yeah. And then uh, I'm not sure at night. What is it? Falcons, Saints. Yeah.
0: Falcons, Saints. And I would say this. This. Uh, I mean, if you even if you like sports at all, UND Minnesota is exponentially better <laughs> than, than atlanta new orleans coming up this thanksgiving so i
1: agree i, I think there's i think there's there's cachet in playing in, in uh, on this type of day so well yeah we're we're, we're jazzed about it and appreciate us in minnesota kind of coming to that uh I, i'll call it resolution if you will and then uh um and then it gives us one more day really in prep mode for western michigan
0: yeah so which is good Good way to spin it. You have a good Western Michigan team that UND will get on the road next week. So, big games coming up on hockey. Big game, of course, for football. Uh, Speaking of Minnesota, the men's basketball team was just there last night. Hung with the GOFs for for a little while. Minnesota's a pretty good team. Again, this year, UND ended up falling in that one. Um, Kind of a—not exactly the same story with the women, but UND's women were playing yesterday against Illinois State. Much tighter game against a really good Illinois State team that they fought all the way back and got within two, I believe, down the stretch— And then Illinois State able to pull out the victory. So a couple of good challenges in the non-conference for our men and our women, both, you know, coming up a little bit short. But again, this team's, both of these teams continuing to make strides in the non-conference.
1: Yeah, Illinois State had beaten Illinois by a lot. Yeah. A lot. And so we knew they were a tough team coming in and, uh, you know, we were, it was back and forth game. Then all of a sudden they got off, they got out to a 17 point lead and, uh, in the second half and we clawed all the way back down to with the ball and then turned it over. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it, it just takes a lot out of you. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, but we hung, we hung in there and, uh, I, I saw a lot of good signs and, you know our 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 freshmen our youthfulness, if you will, um, I think has, has been a shot in the arm for the program. So uh, I'm excited about where this program and and team's going to go this year. You know, talking about turnovers, I think that was kind of the bugaboo down, uh, you know, down at Minnesota for the men. And uh, you know, we're just trying to, you know, I know Paul's brought in sort of a motion system, if you will, that our guys are trying to really kind of, you know, um, I guess you know connect with, if you will. And uh, you know, we just got to. It's going to minimize the turnovers at this point. At, at some parts of the game yesterday, they, they were more like, I'll call it in tennis term, unforced errors than anything. And so, you know, if we can kind of reduce those at this stage of the game, uh, especially heading towards the, uh, uh, you know, into December and then into the Summit League, you know, I, I do like the weapons our team has. It's just that I think a lot of the stuff that we've got to worry about is within our own gym right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The men are now one and four on the season. They're back home on Tuesday. The second half of a doubleheader, the women, by the way, play Northland at 6 o'clock on Tuesday. The men play North Central at 8.30, so a chance to catch those two in action at home. And then the men will head south, hope, hopefully head south. The weather is the not supposed to be great this weekend, but they're going down to Fort Myers, Florida uh, for the Florida Gulf Coast Classic, the Hilton Garden Inn FGCU Classic that's on the horizon for them. So hopefully a good chance to get some confidence, play some of these teams, and, and get rolling with conference play still about a month away.
1: That's right. And, uh, and the ladies are heading south as well to uh, South Carolina. And so uh, both will be on the East Coast uh, in the Southeast. And uh, the men will play three games uh, in three days. So uh, um, so lots of hoops happening this weekend
0: as well. Yeah, the women with South Carolina State on Friday and then Charleston Southern on Saturday. Not a, not a tournament, two separate road games for them versus the neutral sites uh, with, that the men will have coming up. So that's pretty much If I, unless I'm completely blanking on something, those are pretty much all the big things that were happening either on the court or the ice or the field this weekend from a UND perspective. Anything else that you can think of, Bill, that you want to touch on?
1: No, I I think uh, you know we we ended the year six and zero at the Alaris Center. That was exciting. I know hockey goes into uh, you know the second half of our season with an undefeated, uh, uh, untied mark uh, in the Ralph. So that those are exciting things for sure. And so uh, nope, just thank everyone for uh, who comes to the games and supports our kids.
0: Yeah, excellent. Well, the uh, it's just going to continue. You know, December. The situation maybe changes a bit with. Some of the sports starting to wrap up and some road games now and you know basketball won't be home as much lately. But it's the excitement of playoffs and of seasons ending and everything that kind of comes with championship season is going to keep building. And hopefully for the football team, build for a while. And for the hockey team, it'll crescendo here and then it'll kind of <laughs> hold off for a couple of weeks and then it'll build back up for the second half. And just lots of exciting things on the horizon here for UND.
1: I do have one last thing, and I, I, I want to think that everyone is just really glued to the B side, Alex, but I know that there's probably people that cut off right now. So at, at this point, before we flip it, I do want to say uh, I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving holiday this week. Uh, and, you know, it's always kind of a, a great, uh, great time of year and heading into the holiday season. So before before we uh, flip it, I just want to make sure that, that got out there.
0: Yeah, Thanksgiving, very much an A side topic. A lot, a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, for sure. So no, we echo those echo those sentiments, Bill, absolutely. So uh, probably a good chance now, too. Flip, flip the record over. Let's be sided up. And um, Thanksgiving was going to be one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, you, you're used to having Thanksgiving kind of be, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming, a flexible affair because of the way the playoffs usually work and, and the fact that the schools you've been associated with over the years usually have been successful on the football field. What is this Thanksgiving going to look like for you?
1: Well, that's a good question. So it, it all came down to the selection show yesterday. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if, if we were not in the tournament, I would have been in the Twin Cities. If we were in the field and at home, I would have been down for one game and then back on Friday. And if we're on the road in football, I'm not going to the Twin Cities at all, and just hopping on the bird on Friday with the football team. So there were kind of three scenarios: uh, one hybrid, and one, you know, kind of all in either way. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of what's happened. So I'll watch. I'll watch it on the uh, on television. Our game against uh, the Gophers on Thursday night, and we'll land sometime probably late afternoon uh, in Louisiana. And there's always a NCAA meeting. I just came from one on the phone call with our site representative, Brian Hutchinson, and with Nichols State, we just had that call. And then we'll have uh, a meeting right before, uh, well, I should say Friday night prior to the game. So when we land, we're going to be hightailing it straight to that meeting. And so then after that, uh, I'll try to find a place and uh, pop up uh, the iPad and, and, and watch the hockey game. Uh, and then I'm- basketballs and everything else that's <laughs> going on at mm-hmm. that
0: point in time. That's always got to be one of the toughest things I to think about your job is just trying to keep things straight from from day to day and especially with flights. And you, you don't have access sometimes to the outside world when you're up in the air for three or four hours and you touch down and like, all right, what did I what did I miss? What's what's going on?
1: Well, you know what? When you have a great staff and they know I'm gone. I mean, unless there's something really, really, really urgent, I'll be honest with you, I end up getting a lot of FYIs after I land, or maybe I'm CC'd into some things, but True. we have such a quality staff that they can handle life, trust me. And, uh, and, and many times, they're handling it way better without me.
0: <laughs> Bill, moving into that laissez-faire, hands-off approach, if need be. And yeah. Pitch. It yours it itself, right? No, that, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, it, it depends. I, 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 no, I mean, sure. I, I mean, I, we we have folks that that do their job, and I have no interest in doing their job for them. But at the end of the day, I do have, I guess,
0: opinions, mm. and, and which is good, probably probably good for the ad to have those. Um, to the to the real crux of the B side right now, when we potted last Monday, we had a conversation about Spurs and their future and what was going to happen, and. Bill's words were, this team doesn't like each other. I feel like maybe something's going to have to happen in January. And that's kind of where we left it. And maybe, what, 10 minutes later, they, they fire Maurizio Pochettino. <laughs> you fire your head coach. And then about 12 hours after that, the real bombshell drops. They've not only fired a guy who you really like, who's done a great job in the five years that he's been there, but they hire Jose Mourinho, who, people ha- speaking of opinions, people have opinions regarding Jose how have you experienced? And then, of course, he goes out and they they go up three one or three nothing. Excuse me. They win in his first game this uh, this past Saturday. What are, What are your thoughts? How have you experienced this past week?
1: Sometimes, sometimes you get lucky, right? I, I mean, I, I kind of uh, well. Two the other one that really happened yesterday too, and I was waiting for is is Mason Rudolph getting benched, Hodges, and and we kind of talked about that a little bit on the pod last week too. It's just. I, I, my eyes tell me that, that Hodges has a shot to kind of move a team. I don't know whether or not he is really a, a number one uh, quarterback, but I can tell you this. I, I, my eyes tell me Rudolph is not. And so I think the Steelers have gotten to that uh, thought process pretty quick. Probably not the worst, too, with coming up against Cleveland this weekend. So probably better to have uh, Hodges play that game. So, yeah. And it gives them a better chance to win.
0: Yeah, and and they did. I mean, they really struggled in that game against the Bengals yesterday. And Hodges came in, didn't play great, but did enough. I mean, we're able to keep them moving, and they close out that victory and keep the Bengals winless. It would have been a bad loss, Bill. that would have been a pretty bad loss. Yeah, but in the NFL, just by a point. That's right. That's all that matters. In most sports, it's like that. But but
1: certainly in that league. I mean, even the Bengals, as as bad of start that they're off to, um, you know, they've got. Good players. I mean, it's just uh, amazing that they're 0 and 11. It really is. But uh, um, and their roster is is not that bad. Um, So just weird. Just weird. So, anyways, I I digress. Go back to Tottenham. So yeah, Alex, it's not surprising at all. Um, I think Poch, as great as he's been for Tottenham, I could I could envision being at Arsenal. I really could. I could see that happening. He's going to be a he's going to be a wanted man no doubt. And uh, it could be Byron who knows, yeah. but at the end of the day, he, I, he's, he's proven what he did at Tottenham, but they needed a refresh at this point. And I think a Mourinho is kind of interesting. I, I was actually okay with it in, 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 for a variety of reasons, he's going to be fun to watch regardless. He's going to be must see TV for Tottenham's going to be relevant. Regardless of it all, they're going to be relevant. And sometimes it's going to be for probably the wrong reasons. But maybe, and just maybe, and it was easy on Saturday because they won the match and generally won it fairly convincingly. They scored uh, on the literally the last possession. So really it was a 3-1 game, but it was 3-2. Um, I don't know. Maybe you get a kinder, kinder, gentler Mourinho this time maybe i i don't know i but 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 he he got delhi to play he got (laughs) delhi to play that that's as good as delhi alley has played in at least a calendar year at least he i'm telling you alex he has not played well and he that that guy on saturday was different and uh two assists and i think i think you know I think this gives Tottenham at least a chance this year to kind of figure things out a little bit and then uh, and then go forward. But I I, it, there'll be no substitute for entertainment.
0: I'll, I'll give you that. He does like to stir the pot, Jose. I, I will say the uh, I would maybe not hold out for hope for the kinder, gentler version of this man. Uh, that that's <laughs> like he's he's already he's already sucking Bill into his delusions right now. This is this is only, it's only been a week, but this uh, this is a guy that typically does this where he starts his regime and it's kind of a a moment of good feelings and like, I'm a reformed man. I'm not the guy that I was two years ago. I This is, this is who I am now. I'm happy now. I'm content. I'm excited to work with young players. And in about six to 12 months, maybe, maybe, maybe you make it 18 months. Because usually he has kind of the first year where you kind of feel things out. Maybe you win a trophy. And then the next year, it's either the start of the end or it just, goes down in flames. And by, by year three, there's nothing left. And that's, that's kind of how it works. And then he's gone. And
1: Well, I yeah. think this, though. I think there's going to be the next I'll call Poch after Mourinho. But this bridge might not be the worst because they, are, they do have a team that has had some success, although have not won, a, uh, obviously, a trophy at this point. And the one thing he has done, he wins trophies. And so it'll be interesting and he won't be intimidated by the moment in the champions league. And uh, so, so, so from that perspective, I think it's, it's good. I, I I just, I wish it could have worked out differently with Poch, but this calendar year of 2019 has not been good for the Spurs. I mean, think about that. That was their first road win since January in the premier, in the premier league. That's ridiculous.
0: (laughs) It's a long time
1: that is silly and so that that team it was just funny Dyer was on the field for the first time and forever uh and so I think sometimes it was just getting getting someone to look at this thing differently and uh, and go down that path but oh yeah I, I'm not hey I watched all his theatrics and, and a lot of times I'd watch man you just to watch him yeah. you know because who did he replace LVG
0: right? yeah, uh, Man United. Yeah, Louis van Gaal. Pr- uh, probably, I think. I gosh. Cuz it would have gone Sir Alex Ferguson to David Moyes to Louis van Hall to Mourinho, unless I'm missing somebody in between. Ryan, Ryan Giggs was in there as like a caretaker manager for a little bit, but I think that sounds about right. Yeah.
1: I just I I just think um if you're if you're a Tottenham fan and I don't know much about this whole Premier League thing too much, but Tottenham's always been kind of a oh, fifth, sixth, seventh place team. And you know what? It does give some relevancy to the to the mm-hmm. team, and I have a sneaky suspicion that's the reason why Levy did it. I, I do. I, I I think so. And now, having said that, I think it's not a long term answer. I think they need to be looking at what their long term answer is, and it, and I think it's someone probably maybe from the championship league, and or someone that maybe is just doing wonders at another uh, club and could take the next step.
0: Yeah. Here's one one philosophical question for you. You mentioned you know Spurs haven't won anything under Poch and they haven't won anything for a long time is a trophy the reason why you watch or is it do you want to be entertained and have a product out there that that challenges for things and try the, maybe the allure of winning things even if it doesn't actually happen would you rather be win a bunch of games 1-0 or win a bunch of games in a penalty shootout in a tournament and win a trophy or would you rather have some of the thrills that you've had over the last couple of years, but still have an empty trophy case.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I think obviously you'd want both. Right. And, uh, you know, and when when I followed Bill Cowher, I always saw I, I thought he got the bad rap because he'd always make it to the FC championship game and maybe things wouldn't go great. And, and at the end of the day, because the team you're playing on the other side actually is having a good year, too. And so, you know, so again, you can't say, well, because you lost last year, you should win this year. That's not how that goes either. But um, I think this, though, don't you think like I think what's safe to say, like, what's the under over with him being the manager? Two years?
0: Maybe. Yeah. His, His contract runs through 23, I think. And there's no way he's making there's no way he's making that.
1: No, so yeah, so the, I would say too, yeah. So so what's interesting is he's going to have to give in a little bit at this point because the roster is probably not how he would necessarily construct it and to some degree he's going to have to play a little bit differently because of how it's constructed. So I just don't think he's going to have full autonomy to just blow up the roster and then put his people in there. So that's why I'm I'm kind of interested and entertained by this. I'll be honest with you. And I think you know, do they win one? Ah, who knows? I, I don't. Hey, we we could have won maybe the Carabao Cup, but we 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 summarily got bounced out of that thing by I don't even know who. Again, I think it was Enfield High School. I, I it was either that. I mean, you know, I I don't know who 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 beat the heck out of us, but they did. They beat us. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, Alex. I I think, I think that he is the one thing that potched If you analyzed his five and a half years, and there's no way you can say that it wasn't overwhelmingly productive and positive a couple things the end the end's never good right it's never good i mean when divorce happens it's never good i mean it just happens the other thing i would have said though early on he discounted winning domestic trophies And I don't know why that strategy was in place, but it was just like, if you win a domestic trophy, it really, it's like a doorstop. It doesn't matter. Well, it matters to the Tottenham fan base. It matters to fan bases. And so those are the two things that were interesting. But, you know, the, the last thing I'll say, and here's my talking points with my elevator speech on this, is you can't have it both ways. The Spurs were underachieving and they made a move. So you can't say they're underachieving, and then they didn't do anything about it. And they did something about it. And so you might not like it, but the reality is what they also didn't like was not winning a road game for the whole calendar year of 2019. And that wasn't fun to watch. You know? I mean, I was remembering Elton John stand, and they came back with three goals in the last, I don't even know, whatever, five minutes. That wasn't great. So I'd I'd rather take a one-nothing win on the road than let's say say a three-two loss and they score three goals in the last ten minutes. Yeah. No. How's that for my talking question? I
0: think that's that's pretty good. I think. I think the the rebuttal to that, I suppose, would be like, you know, Potch at one point, you know, they they had it. They had something really special there. And sometimes, yeah, relationships move beyond the point of repair and maybe you couldn't quite get it back. But sometimes there's an opportunity maybe to either you know, with the January window coming, sell off some of these guys or move on from some of the disgruntled players and see if that maybe wouldn't spark the thing and get it back into life. It just depends. You just never know where these guys are. And if, if Potch had already checked out and was ready to go on, and then, then, then you're right, then it probably was time and you didn't have any choice to make a change.
1: I think he was <clears throat> ready to move on. And I think that their improbable run to the Champions League final. Was so, I guess, anti to what they were doing in the Premier League for the calendar year that it was hard for people to get their head around it. Mm-hmm. And really, at the end of the day, shouldn't even really been in the round of 16 because they made the, they got out of group stage by like a like like really they shouldn't have been out of the group stage. So yeah, mm-hmm. group stage. I mean, they, they just got lucky. I mean, that's the truth because it, it wasn't even in their control. When, you know, I forget how it all played out, but someone tied someone in the last minute. And the next thing you know, Tottenham's tied with them and they've got goal differential and they move on. Mm-hmm. And then they beat whatever, Dortmund and then somehow beat City, which was crazy, beat mm-hmm. Ajax. I have no idea how. And so I think all that to be said, it was like, I think Potts was thinking, eh, maybe my next venture is ready to go. And so for this whole calendar year, I think he provided opportunity for everybody to be a little bit discontent. Because I'm not sure he was fully content. Hot How's take. that?
0: That's, that's a bit of a hot take there, but probably not necessarily one that's not founded in truth. So for Potch, we say thanks for the memories. And, and he'll the be back. Next gig.
1: I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for him to be maybe in the Bundesliga or La Liga. Yeah. I don't want to see him on the sideline <laughs> with Arsenal. And
0: that could happen. Paul Ralston is adamant that he wants that to happen. So we'll see. We'll see if it works out. He should. He's a great manager. I, you can't deny. I think that's that is the one. Just the fact we beat this to death now, but that's the one argument about like why would you maybe not want to be so quick to move on from him just because he's the top name right now for anybody who wants to get a, a good young manager with good experience and and they had to pay him fifteen million dollars for him to leave and then they had to pay Jose eighteen million to come on.
1: But the issue is, I don't think he ever fully recommitted into Tottenham. There you go. And as good as he is, if you're not committed to the position that you have, you might have to go somewhere else. And again, I, when we do hirings to some degree, right time, right fit. And he he at one time was probably right time, right fit. Right now, I'm not sure it's the right time for him. Right now, I, I mean, he just I, I think he he was having issues and questions whether maybe what his next chapter was, and I think it was affecting the locker room and the field of play because they have woefully underperformed. Hmm. I mean, they have when I say not good, they were sadly not good.
0: Relegation form. I mean, they, they, if if you would just take the calendar year for 2019 it was a, it was a really it was hard reading 26 points I think in however many games like they really struggled over the course of this time like that's you get sent down for performances like that so
1: well in 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 so there needed to be uh, some sort of a shakeup now we just have you know just again it could be just a just unbelievable theatrics waiting for us <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's uh, really? I mean, who knows what's going to happen? So, but at the end of the day, you know, that's where we're at. We actually won a game, which on the road and amazingly kind of snuck a little bit up the table. And okay. so now you just get to play uh, Olympiacos tomorrow. And uh, I think with a win could, could find ourselves through. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, so good things could happen under the Mourinho era.
0: Gosh, look at you! This is good. I mean, you need to be this. This is well. This is why the new manager bounce is a real thing. Optimism. You know, you don't know really about what's going to happen. You you're excited about the new that's coming into your club. That's right. I, I hope. To be honest with you, I really do hope it fails miserably. I'd be lying to you if I said that I hope this works out. Just because this will be really entertaining, and I really do not like that man. So this will be fun to see how this all goes down. But for your sake, I hope it works out. I hope they have a great year. Hope they're involved in our lives in an interesting way over the course of the next six months of the season.
1: And you know what? I'm going to close the chapter on what you just said. I like you don't like them. (laughs) I like that. That means others don't either. And that means, you know what? That that means we're a little bit relevant because you have an opinion about them. Whereas if we brought in, you know, John Smith to go coach, you'd be like, huh, it's Tottenham. But you're not going to have, you're going to have an opinion on Tottenham rolling in which I think is good, which is good. Be bold.
0: <laughs> oh, all right. Well, on that note, probably a good time to sign off. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a bold Thanksgiving. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Cranberry sauce and everything. Just enjoy it. Bill, yeah, again, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Enjoy it this week.
1: Yeah, to the ironers as well. Hopefully, you guys, I know you got, uh, um, you've got the... Uh, The kids between that zero to five realm. So uh, you'll have your hands full uh, on top of the table and otherwise. So uh, hopefully you and yours have a great one.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, hey, for athletics director Bill Chaves, for our producer Cassie Niles, I'm Alex Sennett. Really to you as well, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy all the games coming up this weekend, and we'll chat next week.